if God had allowed Moses to see his face, that is a full view of his splendorous, blazing glory, or if he would allow us to see it, we would be incinerated in a moment. Welcome to The Word Unleashed with Tom Pennington. Tom is pastor-teacher at Countryside Bible Church in Southlake, Texas. How seriously does God take the sin of idolatry? Hi, I'm Bill Wright, and today we continue in Exodus 33 and 34 with part two of Tom's series titled, God's Sermon on His Name. In light of the idolatry and sinfulness of God's people while they worship the golden calf, Moses assumed a mediatorial role on behalf of the people to God. Moses humbly approached God and made three quite audacious requests, and God graciously responded to each one. How does that apply to you today, friend? Well, the amazing reality is that we as Christians personally experience all three of God's answers to Moses. In today's message, Tom explains a little more about each of God's responses. Let's join our teacher now on The Word Unleashed. God had now said he would not go with them to the promised land. Instead, he's going to send an angel, not the angel of his presence, but an angel. And so Moses is concerned, and Moses wanted to know exactly who it was that would accompany them. If it was just an angel, then Moses asked God to change his mind and to go with them himself. In typical Middle Eastern style, Moses' first request was not direct in verse 12. But what he was really asking becomes clear if you look down at verses 15 and 16. Then he said to God, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Literally, the Hebrew text says, If your face does not go up with us, do not lead us from here. Moses wanted God himself to go with them. The same angel, that that mysterious divine person who had led them to this point in the cloudy pillar, he says, God, let him go. Let him accompany us. And he pleads for that on the basis of three things. Go back to verse 12. He pleads for it on the basis of the Word of God. You have said. He appeals for it on the basis of the choice of God. You have said to me, Moses says, I have known you by name. That is, God, you've said you've specifically chosen me. And he appeals on the basis of the grace of God. Verse 12, you have said, you have found favor in my sight. God, you've extended grace to me. That's what you've said. And on the basis of that grace, I'm making this request. Now, why was it important, so important to Moses that God himself went with them? Well, in verse 16, he tells us, it's because God's presence proves that Moses and the people of Israel had experienced God's grace. Notice verse 16, for how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people, is it not by your going with us? And secondly, 
God's presence proves that they were God's people. He goes on in verse 16 to say, so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are on the face of the earth. So Moses asked, who is going with us? And God's answer is, I am. Now, folks, this is such a powerful reminder of the power of intercessory prayer. Because remember, back in verse 3, God had said, I will not go. And in verse 14, he says, my presence will go. What happened? Well, clearly, it was God's plan from the beginning to accompany his people, but he had determined to do so in response to intercessory prayer, to hear Moses' prayer, and then to answer it and to respond and to say, I will go. It's a lesson for us on intercessory prayer. Pray for the people in your life. But it's more than that, because what happens in this passage is actually a reminder of the power of, listen carefully, the intercessory prayer of a God-appointed mediator, which is what Moses was. God had appointed him in this role as the mediator to go back and forth between God and his people. And when the mediator prayed, God heard and responded, folks, we have a mediator, and it's not Moses. It's the eternal Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, who intercedes on our behalf, and the Father always hears Him. Verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. I have chosen you, and I have shown you grace. Now, what was this thing that God would do? Well, God's more complete answer comes in, back in verse 14. Notice verse 14. He said, my presence will go with you. Here Christ assured Moses that he would accompany him, that that same visible symbol of the divine presence, the Shekinah glory cloud that accompanied them so far, would continue to accompany them. And he adds, I will give you rest. Christ promised that he would give Moses and the people of Israel rest by subduing their enemies and planting them in the land of promise. What an amazing reality. Moses' first request was for the promise of God's presence, and God said, yes, my presence will go with you. There's a second audacious request here in this passage. It's for the knowledge of God's character. Let me know your ways. Let me know your ways. Verse 13, now therefore I pray you, if I have found grace or favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you. If I have found favor in your sight, can be translated as I, as I read it, since you have shown me grace. Moses' request here is based solely on God's grace, and here comes his second request. Let me know your ways. That is a, a profound and important request. The word ways in Hebrew is a word which refers to a well-worn path. 
It, it actually refers to the ruts left in the ground by either feet or wagon wheels passing over the same territory again and again and again. That's what it literally refers to, but it came metaphorically to refer to habits or patterns of behavior, the ruts that you leave in the ground by the patterns of behavior that you follow day after day. So Moses is actually asking God this, God, let me know your predictable patterns of behavior. Let me know how you respond. Don't you love that? God is predictable. He's always the same. You don't have to worry if, if, and I say this respectfully, if God got up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, He's completely, utterly, always predictable. His actions have worn deep ruts that can be traced out and can be followed. Moses prays in verse 13, let me know your ways that I may know you. Folks, it's only when you begin to understand God's ways, His predictable patterns of behavior, that you really come to know God. And then Moses adds, so that I may find favor in your sight. Wait a minute, Moses, I thought you'd already found grace in God's sight. Why are you now asking for that? He's saying, listen, God, when I truly know you, then it will bring even greater grace into my life. Verse 13 ends, consider too that this nation is your people. Remember, Moses is, is praying for some specific requests, but it's on behalf of the nation, really. And here Moses is reminding God that the people of Israel stand in a special relationship to him. Why is that important? Because you remember back in chapter 32, verse 7, when, when God told Moses what was going on in the camp with the golden calf incident? He said, get down there because your people are doing this. And so, Moses just gently reminds God, God, they're not just my people, they're your people. God's answer comes in verse 19 to this request for the knowledge of His character. He said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you, and here it is, and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. God's answer to the request to know God's ways was this, I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I am going to do a sermon on my name. I'm going to explain to you who I am. Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7 is the fulfillment of that promise. There, Yahweh declares who He is, and He explains His predictable patterns of behavior, God's ruts. And we'll study that amazing text together next week. But before we leave this second request, I don't want you to miss something really important. Listen to what one author, one commentator named Stuart writes. I love this. He says, there is little room for mysticism in biblical religion. 
We do not know God by having some sort of inexplicable ethereal communion with Him in which our feelings are used as the evidence for our closeness to Him. We know Him by learning His ways. In other words, by objective rather than subjective emotional means. You want to know God? You know Him by knowing His ways, by knowing His predictable patterns of behavior. Moses made a third audacious request of God. It was for a display of His glory. Show me your glory. Verse 18, then Moses said, I pray you, show me your glory. Show is the normal Hebrew word means to see. Moses is asking for a visible display that can be seen with the eyes. The Hebrew word for glory in all its forms is, is an important Old Testament word. It occurs some 376 times. Its basic meaning is to be weighty or heavy. It was only used rarely of actual weight. It was used of Eli and his weight, but most of the time it's used figuratively. More than half of the Old Testament uses refer to a person who's weighty, weighty in their character. Because you see, in, in Hebrew thinking, if something is light, it's worthless, and if something is heavy, it's valuable. Think an agricultural society, wheat and chaff. Chaff is light and blows away. It's worthless. The wheat's heavy and it falls to the ground when it's winnowed. It's the same with a person's character. So when a person is weighty, it means they're weighty in character. Moses was asking God here to let him visually see that which made God weighty or impressive. Moses had, had seen the cloud that was more of a shield from seeing God than it was actually seeing him. And now he's asking God to really let him see him. Even with all he'd seen, Moses knew there was so much more, and he desperately wanted to see God. God's answer comes in verse 19. I will make all my goodness pass before you. Goodness can refer to moral goodness, but it can also refer to visible beauty or splendor, and I think that's the idea here. Moses had asked for a visible display of God's glory, and God says, I'm going to give you a visible display of my beauty or my splendor. It's going to pass before you. literally means to move in front of you. Can you imagine? God says, You've seen a lot, Moses. You've seen the glory cloud. I'm going to show you more. Verse 20, but he said, you cannot see my face. Now remember, when we talk about God's face, we're using what theologians call anthropomorphic language. That is man's form. That is, we are attributing something about man to God to help us understand God. God is a spirit, so he doesn't have a face. God sometimes uses human terms to describe himself to help us understand something that's true about him. To speak of seeing God's face means to have a full or complete view, in this case, of his visible glory. And God says that's not going to happen. To have a vision of his back means to have an incomplete view. 
God said to Moses, I will not allow you to have a full or complete visible display of my glory as I am. Why? Verse 20, for no man can see me and live. No sinful human being has ever seen the face of God, has ever seen the full display of the glory of God. John 1, verse 18, no one has seen God at any time except the Son. John 6, 46, not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Again, a reference to Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16, God alone dwells in unapproachable light whom no man has seen or can see. Think about it this. If God had allowed Moses to see his face, that is a full view of his splendorous, blazing glory, or if he would allow us to see it, we would be incinerated in a moment. So God doesn't permit it for Moses' own sake. Verse 21, then the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock. And it will come about while my glory is passing by that I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. God says, I'm going to permit a portion of your request, Moses. And he he placed him in a cleft of the rock, perhaps a cave, maybe even the same cave that Elijah hid in on this same mountain in 1 Kings 19. Then God, literally the Hebrew says, would screen Moses with his hand until the full radiance of God's glory had passed, and then God would remove his hand and allow Moses to see only his back. Again, that's, that's human terms to help us understand. What he's saying to Moses is, you're only going to get a faint glimpse of the true reality. Or as one author puts it, you're going to see an afterglow of the divine glory. Verse 23, then I will take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Even so, wouldn't you love to have seen whatever it was God let Moses see that day? Now, folks, look at those three audacious requests. Don't you agree that they are, in fact, truly audacious requests? But here's the amazing thing. In Christ, all three requests that Moses made of God have become yours. They're yours. First of all, you have God's abiding presence. You have God's abiding presence in this life. Matthew 28, 30, Jesus said, I am with you always, literally all the days even to the end of the age. Hebrews 13, 5, he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. You have in this life God's abiding presence, and he will never leave you. And that will be true in eternity as well. You remember our Lord's Prayer in John 17, 24? Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me, for you have loved me before the foundation of the world. Jesus said, Father, I want my people to be with me. 
and that prayer will be answered. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 17 says, when the Lord returns and receives us in the rapture, we will always be with the Lord. You will never be separated from the Lord you love again. Secondly, you enjoy a growing knowledge of God and His ways through His Word. Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5, make me know your ways, O God. Almost the same prayer Moses had. Make me know your ways. Teach me your paths. How? Lead me in your truth. The way you learn the paths of God is not by direct revelation the way Moses did, but through the revelation contained in this book as God makes himself known. Psalm 86, 11, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Thirdly, you are privileged to see the display of God's glory. You see it now in the face of Jesus Christ as it's revealed in the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give us now the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You have come to see the glory of God through the gospel in the person of Jesus Christ. And in eternity, you will visibly see the face of God forever. You and I haven't seen what even the children of Israel were permitted to see in the wilderness. And we certainly haven't seen whatever it was God let Moses see that day. But Christian, someday you will, and more, and more. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because, listen to this, we will see Him just as He is. And that will be true forever. Revelation ends in Revelation 22.4 with that vision of the new earth on which we will live with God forever. And it says this about us, his servants, that's us, will see His face. That's something worth living for, and that's something worth dying for. How could such incredible blessings become ours? Well, they become ours the same way they became the blessings Moses enjoyed, and that is through the only grounds, through the only grounds how could this all be possible for a sinful person? Look at verse 19. I skipped over one phrase. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Now watch this. And I will be gracious to whom or to whomever I will be gracious. And I will show compassion on whom or to whomever I will show compassion. God says, Moses, the reason I'm going to grant these requests has nothing to do with you. It's because I have decided to be gracious. And God says, I will be gracious if it pleases me, when it pleases me, for the reasons that please me, and to whom it pleases me. Alec Mateer writes, not even Moses has a right. It is all of grace and sovereign grace at that. You remember, Paul quotes this very verse in Romans 9, and there he says, 
that God's mercy is not something, God's saving mercy is not something that is accomplished by human decision. It's not Him that wills. It's not accomplished by human effort. It's not the one who runs. It simply becomes yours because God decides to have mercy. It's the fact that God in His grace decided to have mercy on us as He did on Moses. Let's pray together. That's Tom Pennington here on The Word Unleashed with part two of his series, God's Sermon on His Name. Tom will have part three for you on our next program. Do join us then, won't you? Well, it's our prayer that you'll be enriched by the expository teaching of God's Word here on The Word Unleashed. We'd love to hear your story and how God is enriching you in your walk with Christ through this ministry. Write to us, won't you? Our address is listeners at thewordunleashed.org. Again, that's listeners at thewordunleashed.org. Or you can call us at 1-877-577-WORD. And remember to connect with us on social at The Word Unleashed. We also invite you to visit thewordunleashed.org, where you'll find other resources, including additional series from The Word Unleashed. Again, that's thewordunleashed.org. The Word Unleashed is made possible because of the prayers and financial gifts of individuals just like you. Please consider partnering with us. You can find out how to do so by visiting thewordunleashed.org. That's thewordunleashed.org. And now for Tom Pennington and the entire team, I'm Bill Wright. Thanks for listening to The Word Unleashed, exalting God's glory, explaining God's truth. Music